Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back to the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And, well, if you're watching the video version, straight up, this is going to look a little bit different because we're in a different place. If you're listening to the audio version, it probably is going to sound a little different, too. Yeah, probably. So it's because we're in a car. We are in a car, and today we're here in the new refreshed Tesla Model S, the Plaid version. And we're just going to be talking about it. In, in our extended thoughts like the hopefully by now ideally the the first impressions video is out been working on that for a couple days but obviously that's so produced and people have all these questions about all these little things and this is your first time being in the car for an extended period of time like looking around it so uh i'm gonna try to answer as many possible questions about every little thing as i as i can we are working on a review of the car later i should make that clear there's a, a much bigger full review of the Model S and kind of like all of Tesla's coming up in the next couple of weeks. But this is a flagship car and it's pretty exciting. So we get to we get to get into all the little details of it. Where do you want to start? Because you're in the front seat. I'm in the front seat. Adam's between us in the back seat. You might have questions too. So what do we what do we want to start with? So I, I think feel like there's a yoke in front of me, but we well, can go yeah. anywhere. <laughs> there's a little context here. I I dropped him you off to pick this up on Friday, and I basically opened the door and left because my theory was this week's podcast was going to be kind of like my raw impressions on it, where you've been driving it now for a couple of days, um, for much longer than most people drive in five days. Yeah, I, I feel like I kind of did this when I first got Apollo, actually. Immediately that weekend, I had an ultimate tournament in like southern New Jersey, and the first thing I did was take it on a big road trip. So I really got to know the car. And the same exact thing happened with this car where Friday picked up the car. Uh, Saturday had an AUDL Frisbee game in Boston, or at mm. least we were supposed to. It got rained out. But nevertheless, immediately got in this car and drove it 300 miles to Boston and 300 miles back in the same day. So right off the bat. I get, I get everything. I get supercharging. I get parking. I get driving. I get highway. I get yoke. I get like the full in-depth first oh, impressions. Yeah. Um, so now at this point, I have almost 900 miles on the car. It's uh, at the time of recording. It's been probably like five days now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm feeling like pretty well acclimated, which is I'm saying this because there are things you kind of have to learn about this car again. This is sort of a Tesla thing as there's things you need to learn about the car to use it. Well, but I feel like I'm pretty pretty well into that now. Yeah, let, let me start off with my first thought here. Yeah, let's see. Um, I am not so when I say I'm not a fan of white interiors, I say that <laughs> as not that I don't think they look good. I say that as I could never have one because as adorable as Mac is, yes, uh, he is he is an expert at making everything disgusting. Yes. So I do not <laughs> think this would last. His nails are very long too, so even leather is kind of tough. But um. Mac would destroy this car. But sitting in here, I do really like the white interior. And I think part of the reason I like that so much is because it's n- not as much as I thought. Yeah. yeah. there's. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of things there already. Okay, number one, white interior. I've have had the white interior with the last car. I have it again. It's this white fake leather, ve- vegan leather, technically, since it's not real leather. Um, 
the the idea came from sitting in a couple other Model S's with White and then John Rettinger, who has multiple kids and a dog, mm-hmm. firmly recommended to me that these were super easy to clean and he totally recommended them. So when he, with kids and a dog, told me that the white interior was a go, that's when I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Um, it's It's been great. The one thing you might have to think about is if you wear denim a lot, you can like have that rub off onto this like, you know, fake leather yeah, and sort of yeah, get into the, the pores. And these are new ventilated seats, which the last white seats I had weren't ventilated. So there's all these pores in the seats. And I'm curious if that's going to become a new source of like catching dust or dirt or whatever. I don't know yet. I'm but sure a bit, but white interior for me, other than that, has been great. The inside of the car looks better, I think. There's a carbon fiber accent, which you can you can choose wood or carbon fiber. I feel like that's a no brainer. Well, for me anyway. And uh, yeah, and then there's this contrast and the fit and finish and everything. I think it looks great, black right. and white. So here's my uh, the pores. I actually think give it kind of like literally without even the venting part, give it kind of like a design. It looks kind of nice. It almost like a two tone with it, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I do think so carbon fiber on the white looks nice. My only my one issue here is if I'm looking at the door, I'm looking at a straight black plastic into a black leather with stitching into a charcoal fabric into white leather into silver into carbon into black plastic again that feels like a little too much i know what's funny about that like so many cars so many people look at this car and go wow it's so plain it's so minimal there's nothing here and then you look at some of the other luxury cars and it's it's which what you just described it's metal leather chrome like every other thing next to each other and i think this is kind of a nice in between like a lot of the changes basically that I've noticed with the, the interior and just the general theme with this car is a lot of small changes add up to a big change. And this like new set of materials and general fit and finish, while it is still pretty minimal, mm-hmm. to your point, it is another extra material and it is just a little bit more than before. And so I think that's probably striking. But, you know, you sit in a an RS7 or a Taycan or an EQS, and you're going to have like nine materials in a row all next to each other in different designs and stuff. So I kind of like that this is a little bit in between those two. I think I would have just ditched the like linen aspect right here. I think it doesn't fit with the like sharpness. Like if I look at the center console, it's a really nice, like it's got black leather, black carbon, the little silver trim, which I think looks great with the white and black and then white leather. But adding this like fifth or whatever texture on here, if this was just this the like top black plastic that's pretty thing i think that would have looked a bit cleaner but i mean like we're really really pulling yeah. strings here to, i noticed to there's a speaker behind uh the front here so the this f- is all this is all oh, fabric okay. but the front it is that, hiding okay, another that speaker would make sense. so there's a big speaker in the bottom of the door the side of the door okay. speaker here speaker here speaker here there's a lot there's Gen- a lot going on generally though i really dig the inside uh, yeah. i like it a lot i like i like this uh vertical screen much more than the uh, sorry, I enjoy this horizontal screen much better than the vertical one in your last one. I never drove the Model S before, but it felt like a lot of looking really far down, like almost like if you were putting your phone in your cup holder for for people who don't own something like that and looking mm-hmm. down there. But I guess that's the bottom and not anything too important. But now that so much is part of this screen, like so many controls are in here, this everything. needs to be close to you. Even more than before. Okay, yeah. let me talk about the middle of this car. Yeah. The middle of this car, right? All, pretty much every previous Tesla, because there's no engine and like a crankshaft and drivetrain transmission in the middle, it's always been just wide open. And they kind of let you figure out what you want to do on the inside. There was cup holders before, but there was just a bunch of air and storage in the middle of the car. Mm-hmm. And that's the number one thing I always notice as I get in a gas car and wow, there's just this big tunnel in the middle of the car taking up space. And they brought that back in this car, which I was like, okay, it's interesting. But they still arranged it in a way where there's a lot of nice storage. There's cup holders. There's like magnets and bits that fold back and expose more storage. And it's all very nicely organized. And there's a wireless charger up front here. And then more under the armrest. And there's magnets now. So So everything's, yeah, that was always, was that the Model S where like it was very hard to shut that? Or is that Model 3? Yeah, it's Model 3. Um, So I 
I'm actually fine with this tunnel because it, it does seem very functional, but I have a couple quirks about that that I got to mention because I was, I've watched like every video on the internet of this car. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that got mentioned, or at least was on Tesla's website, is the screen was supposed to tilt. Oh. It doesn't. And I keep hearing in other videos, oh, it's coming with a software update. I don't know how that's going to work. I okay, don't even yeah, know that... if that's true. I just keep hearing it. I know we like to say software update a lot, but... It... That feels like a hardware thing. I'm trying to look really closely. It there might be a little bit of clearance. Is it supposed to tilt up or down? I don't know. And what I is imagine the benefit? There? I think it's supposed to tilt towards the driver. If I was oh, like swing out, like I think right so. to left. Yeah. So if I'm sitting at a charger watching a movie and there's nobody in the seat next to me, I'll watch it tilted towards me. I mean, but I, I don't know. Maybe that they could put something in the software to control it, and there's a, an arm system behind there that we can't see, but. I wouldn't call that a software update. I guess it is, but it, it feels update. yeah, it's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. I guess Second, that would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool if it works. I just I, I want to nice spot. I want to make it clear that it definitely doesn't tilt it right doesn't. now. Okay. Second thing, between the wireless chargers and the storage, there's actually this little slot right here, and it doesn't look that it doesn't seem that big of a deal, but there is a little bit of a slot, and we'll try to show some footage of this, but. The day I got this car, it's a, it's a new car you pick up. You get this little temporary registration. That's just this little slot. Matter of fact, let me show you this slot. Can you? Well, I, I can just use my, like, just cred- grab that your little, registration. Yeah, yeah, this is the registration, right? It's a little, it's a piece of paper. And this, literally, I just, I got it from the guy sitting next to me showing me the car. And I was like, oh, cool. And I just put it right here. And it slid it's underneath like, completely and disappeared behind the wireless charger. Now, when that happened, I was like, oh, um, okay, <laughs> I guess I just lost the temporary registration. Luckily, I only I only need it for a month or whatever. I just don't get pulled over for a month because you don't have the registration, I guess. It's just disappeared into the center console. A um, couple miles later, I'm uh, on the highway on the way to Boston. I might have accelerated pretty hard. This car can do that. And it literally spit out the paper like your seat, and it flew into the back seat, and I had the registration back. I'm going to. So you told this story to us, mm-hmm. and I imagined like that seems super accidental. Uh, like you know, definitely an issue. Like it, it's one of those things where even if it is really accidental, if you're losing something like a bank card or your driver's license in there, like that's bad. And it's the center console. Out, like people yeah. are going to put stuff on here, and it's going to slide down the hill underneath it. They should they should just put like a little little yeah. well, seal. Right underneath there. So what I want to say is coming in here, this feels like it could happen very commonly. So first of all, not only is this gap very big, I'm putting a credit card in here and with my thumb under it, it is still completely fitting underneath it. So like it could easily fit any type of credit card. Even if you have like one of those really nice metal, like an Apple card would slide in there. You go through a drive-thru window. Absolutely no problem. You pay, you get your food, you get your card back. They're handing you the food. You put it down here for a second. You grab the food. It just slid under the thing. and then the thing under with that also is like the the piece of the center console in front of that gap is literally angled down to yeah. the gap. So like this feels especially if you had a heavy card, if you put it on here, it would probably slide right there. And now your credit card is just in your center console. Somewhere. So Tesla, if you're listening, if you, you know, Tesla does make adjustments to cars as they build them. It's yeah. not like this is a flaw, a flaw a of every cheap. car for the for the next five years of Model S. They can tomorrow add that seal if they want to. Yeah, so. super simple rubber seal. It'll fit perfectly with all of it, I'm assuming. My guess is there's not much of there because like the the top of the center console that slides forward is super fluid. And my guess is they don't have anything there because of the fact. Just like put some brushes it, ooh, there. I something. like this a lot. I'm going to try and explain this for the audio listeners. So the, the center console, you open it up and it reveals two cup holders and then also reveals a nice tray tray which then also under that tray you have more storage but when you put this the sliding mechanism all the way forward it locks when you come back and let it go it stops to leave the cup holders open and then you can do it again and it'll go all the way shut so you have no center all you have is a nice slope to lose your credit card yeah um, that'll definitely be in the impressions video nice if touch. you want to see a video yeah it's that's nice. a really nice little touch i it's like nice. that a lot and then this is uh there's a pretty deep storage in the center here too does that go all the way fo- no it's no, no, no. but there's that some, would be actually really annoying if some it's uh an adjustment the previous spot that you would put your usb flash drive for your dash cam and sentry mode 
would be in here. Yeah, that was bad. Now it's inside the glove box. That's much nicer. And it comes with a, a comes How with part a flash does it drive. Stick out. Oh, I so I'll stuff. open it again so you can see see this touchscreen. Oh, I'm too tall. Oh, right so there. So it's just built in. Okay, that's good. But if you're one of those people like me who just jams everything in your glove box, I would probably snap that right off the oh, right out of the it's USB. It's not. A, it's not a big glove box. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but when I'm shoving all my Taco Bell napkins for when I have to blow my nose uh, on the highway, like I would probably snap that off. Fair. But um, yeah. Di- so before we move from the like center console, you were talking about how like gas powered cards are usually ones with the bigger, do you, the biggest center console. Do you remember yep. the uh, the not Fisker? What was the what's their new name now? The, the Karma. The Karma. Yeah. The Karma Rivero. Do you yes. remember that center console? Massive. It, it literally went. Took it took the back seat. There was no was center so back big, seat because I think it was the battery was so big, right? Yeah. Or that's just where they decided to put it. Yeah, that, that was, was ridiculous. That was, that a was really dumb. I like this new center. This, this is nice. Center. I like this a lot. I do wish, uh, you know, maybe don't wish, but sometimes it's nice when you have you have like a underneath the center console, kind of between the feet of the driver and passenger, has True. like a pathway through it. That would be kind of nice. Sometimes it's nice to just put something down there that's easy to grab. Um, but other than that, I really dig it. Yeah. There is also now uh door storage. There was no door storage in any previous model really? S or X. So now there's a cup holders in the door too. Adam, you're in the back seat and mm-hmm. you're in the middle. So you have this new, uh, center touchscreen now. My hot take, maybe it's not a hot take, but my take from my impressions initially is that center screen is maybe the most overhyped or overrated feature like in a hundred thousand dollar car obviously you should have backseat air conditioner control yes um you have that now you have backseat media control but tesla was like oh you can play games on this you can watch videos back here in theater mode looking at that screen would you want to watch a video on that absolutely not (laughs) no yeah i i feel like i feel like i'd get a car sick just looking down at it it's not it's not a huge screen and it's kind of far away and you're craning your neck down this is, it's just going to teach all of our kids to have the worst posture ever if you're watching videos on that. Or I can just imagine like three kids back there trying to watch it and the poor middle kid has to put his knees in a really awkward position because the other two can't see oh, over man. it. I'm always that poor middle kid. You're always that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much stock. I mean, it's, it is nice to have. It, it exists and you can change your air conditioner controls and the AC is pretty sweet. And there's two USB-C ports. Is that right? Um, yep. I see too, I think. Yeah, so you can charge stuff in the back seat. But also the back seat middle pops down to be an armrest with two more wireless chargers oh. and some more storage, which is covered and has a magnet. Wait, does it have cup holders? Yep. Okay, good. I was so going to say, hit, you, if you we have got... to hit the button behind the seat right in the middle. Yeah, so it's like locked, which is actually nice. So it doesn't come down by accident. And then there's another latch in the middle you have to squeeze yeah, and there's storage, two wireless chargers, and two cup holders. That's pretty nice. I was almost wondering if we were getting to the point in time where we value wireless chargers over cup holders. Um, and if you had to pick right now, cup holder or wireless charger? Uh, I would I would pick wireless charger, and I really like these, and I almost always have my phone up there now just because it has whatever Maps app or Waze or yeah. navigation or whatever's there, media, um, meaning music. I'm not watching videos while driving. Uh, but yeah, no, I... I don't need that many many cup holders. Some people are like a really into cup holders. There's like a Doug Jamiro cup holder count sometimes. Oh yeah, it's the Subaru Ascent. I'm pretty yeah. sure it has like 19. Some I think, ridiculous um, number. I think that was just because the Subaru Ascent's not the most um, like exciting car in the world. So that was kind of like his his one good thing. My bad. Oh, oh, you, you turned that off from the back? <laughs> All right, beautiful, beautiful touchscreen controls back yeah, here. Just yeah, like I just played music. the last. Oh, yeah. You, you can, can watch videos on the screen. It's a little, like, frame ratey. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, does, yeah. that looks choppy. It's using the car's LTE connection. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that all the time. But, yeah, that's... So, yeah, I like the middle of the car. Um, the other one thing I haven't seen or haven't gotten to work that doesn't exist in this car yet is active noise cancellation. That's another thing that I keep hearing is going to be a software update. Sounds great. We'll see if it ever happens, but there are definitely more speakers in this car and there are mics and I could, I could believe that there could be active noise cancellation in this car in the future. But I'll say right now, 
The passive noise isolation in the cabin is really good. It's the best they've ever made in Tesla, and I'd say it's comparable to any other luxury car at this point, which is awesome. Really, all you hear when you're driving is either your media or like tire noise, wind noise, basically. Yeah, I wish we had active noise cancellation for this podcast episode, but uh, yeah, I guess not. I mean, you uh, probably heard like one truck drive literally 10 feet from this car, mm-hmm. which is going to make it through if you're driving on the highway. But yeah, I think it's pretty good. All right. So I think we have to get to the the elephant in the room. What's here. the elephant in the room? I don't it's know what you're talking about. Sitting right in front of you. It's the yoke the steering, steering wheel. wheel. Oh, um, yeah. I think we should probably start talking about it now because it's going to take 90% of this episode. So let's let's go. What I don't even you just did you just accidentally press a button just trying no, just, to uh, touch it. I hit the brakes so I can move it. No, this oh, is okay. this is the yoke. This is the steering wheel. Um okay. I have some like mixed thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. I really liked Tesla's last wheel actually. And the reason I like the last wheel is because all of the, the the controls were uniquely functional, like single-use functional. There was wheel on each side, and then there were buttons above and below each wheel. And I would always use left button for media volume, press it in to play pause. Right wheel was fan speed, press it in to go auto or off, and then media controls up and down. The yoke is wide. It doesn't have a top, of course, but it's got these little nubs, so you kind of you can experiment with different driving positions. Mm-hmm. But it is very rectangular, and that part doesn't bother me at all. The fact that it's a yoke doesn't bother me at all. It is not actually the yoke that bothers me. I've gotten used to it at this point, but there are no stocks, as you can tell. There's no drive stocks, mm-hmm. and there's no blinkers. And the buttons on the steering wheel are all touch-sensitive. Yeah, They're not physically clicking in buttons they are haptic buttons but they're like pressing a piece of glass that vibrates back at you all the buttons blinkers headlights horn windshield wipers all of it and that part sucks because now that i'm doing this new like hand over hand motion because i can't just pass it through like a wheel normally would i am constantly at least in the first couple days brushing buttons brushing the blinkers brushing the headlights um, and it's so frustrating to have like missing the blinker and then turn and hit the blinker you, you didn't so want to hit. It's like the hardest thing to hit and the easiest thing to hit at the same time. It just it's it like knows when it's a very it wants odd to do the opposite of what you want to do. Yeah. So I you know at this point I'm getting I'm getting my muscle memory down of yeah. like the location of the buttons. So on the left side it's the blinkers and the headlights. The blinkers are obviously easy to reach because I am over here with one hand. I'll hit the blinkers. It's a a light press to hold. Uh-huh. And then you hear the the vibration. Another vibration for a heavy press. Okay. Which is like I guess it's sort of a force sensitive and that'll leave the blinker on. You can press it again to turn off. Headlights, same thing. You can do a, a headlight flash just by tapping, or you can heavy press to turn them on and get your settings. And then on the other side, yeah, it's just a horn. Just tap the horn. It's kind of normal, which I don't know. That doesn't seem like better than a horn in the middle. Yeah, I don't <laughs> And really that. then you have your wipers and your uh, your mic for voice activation. Um, but yeah, it's really, I, I think the combination of touch-sensitive buttons and the yoke are what goes so wrong. I think mm-hmm. if it was one or the other, I would be less mad. I think if it was a regular wheel with touch-sensitive buttons, that would be fine. I could remap my muscle memory, but I'd still be passing the wheel through my hands yeah. and I wouldn't brush them accidentally. I think if it was a yoke with regular buttons and stocks, that's actually what I would prefer, that would have also been fine because I can get used to the yoke and I've actually in a couple days, gotten my steering down. I do like full 360 turns every day out of my driveway and it's fine now. But I would, I just, I get so mad when I accidentally hit one of these buttons. So that's how I feel about the yoke. Yeah, I could see a good middle ground here being just like a slight indentation with still touch buttons so you can kind of feel where everything is a little Little easier. Because I've seen you like, yeah, if your thumb like kind of comes right off the steering wheel and then hits the edge of where the the touch sensitive spot starts that's not actually hitting the the blinker 
So like if you could feel that little dent going down and they do have a little indent in the middle to differentiate, you know, left and right, but Mm -hmm. that only helps in up and down. You can still miss it left to right on these buttons. You can miss all around the button. Pretty hard. And I think the, the first couple days, like during that Boston road trip, I would be going to merge and I would look over my shoulder. Like normally you just hit the stock and you're gone and you have to check your shoulder and then merge. I would like always have to check to make sure I hit the right blinker and to make sure I hit the actual blinker. Yeah. And the haptic feedback is nice if you're like kind of in the area and you like know when you hit it, but it's just like a lot of times I would I would check and I would signal and I'd realize I hit the wrong button because uh-huh. I, was, I wasn't looking. So I'd always check and then look at the wheel again just to make Extra sure I got check, it. Yeah. And that that like mapping process for me, you know, I, I have 10 years and a hundred thousand miles of driving with stocks <laughs> that I have to un unwind or like relearn. Yeah, there's people, you know, who get maybe the long range one later that might have forty years and half a million miles of driving with stocks. And how long is it going to take them to flip to like yeah. learn this and get as proficient as they used to be with what they just were used to forever? I I don't know. I think it's going to take me like. If I was guessing, three weeks. All right. So before we head to break here now, uh, I just want to leave it off with one last question. Even with you saying in three weeks, you think you'll be pretty much fully acclimated to this. If you had Mm -hmm. the choice, even at the end of that three weeks, uh, wheel or yoke? At the end of the three weeks? I mean, just like, you know, you're going to have it in the car forever. So you understand that a yoke, like in three weeks, you think you'll be totally ready for it. But if you had the choice right now to, to have a wheel in this car, would you take it? I would. I would take. Ooh, right now, right now. Yeah, I but would right take, now, knowing you're gonna have this car for longer than yeah, three I, weeks, so yeah. I have a I unique. Hope. I have a unique answer to that. I would take a hybrid. I don't okay, know if that's, that's cheating. Not a choice. I want to. I want to go yoke now or old wheel. Old wheel. Old wheel. Okay. Yeah, but if I could hybrid, I would pick the yoke with real buttons. I th- I think a lot of people would agree with you there. I think the the yoke is weird. I would. Prefer a wheel, but maybe just because, I mean, I've been using it for so long. Um, but I think most reasonable people would pick a wheel until th- they get used to the yoke. <laughs> I guess. I, I, but I do think, like you said, it's a difference with the, the buttons, I think, are what a lot of people mostly seem to have an issue with or are worried about. And I, yeah. I think that's a legitimate concern that, you know, I'm sure people will get used to. It. But at the same time, didn't you said that uh, Elon's excuse probably for the yoke is that eventually we're not going to need steering wheels at all. But yeah. that just feels like a that makes zero sense because why would you make the product different it's, when you're going to get rid of it? That is fundamentally an excuse yes. instead of a reason. Mm-hmm. You don't make a, a feature worse as it starts to rain. Yeah. You don't make a feature worse because you won't need it later. Like That's like saying, oh, we didn't add uh, wireless charging to our phone. We, we added worse wireless charging to our phone because we won't need it in the future. No, you just make it as good as possible until you don't need it anymore. Yeah. Um, and this has always been... Maybe we'll talk about this later. Probably we'll make a whole video about this eventually. But my number one, like, fundamental conflict when talking about Teslas is, number one, their best feature, I think, is how fun they are to drive. Mm -hmm. And number two, their number one biggest, like, tech advantage that they talk about a lot anyway is how you won't have to drive them. Mm Mm-hmm. And the yoke to me is like right in the middle of that crossroads of like, okay, this is the most fun car to drive I've ever driven. And probably for a lot of people will be the most fun car to drive. So I don't really want to do too much autopilot. Why would you make the steering wheel worse? Because later you won't have to drive it, but I want to drive it. You know what I mean? Like that conflict between those two guiding principles of Tesla and why they're so successful is fascinating to me. Yeah, it's a that's a head scratcher, and I'm sure based on Elon's tweets, we'll have plenty more head scratchers within the lifetime of Tesla. But uh, let's yeah. uh, let's throw it to break before it starts thundering here, and I guess we'll we'll wrap this. We were gonna do the whole thing in the car, but we'll probably wrap up the Q and A back yeah. in the studio because it's now lightning outside. Shout out to the thunder. We'll come back with Q and A. Be right back. Wait, can I just say that this is gonna be the first Tesla Model S Plaid ASMR? True. We can fade out with some rain. (laughs) 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic is dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Okay, welcome back. We are back in the studio. 
because it started raining and it'll hopefully sound a little better in here. But we're going to answer questions from Twitter and Discord about the car that you guys might be wondering. I we Like I said, we're planning on reviewing the car. We're going to mm-hmm. have a whole bunch more information and details, but it's just so good to see what people are curious about yeah. in something uh, something of a flagship like this. So you've picked some already, yeah, from what I, I understand. Some. So we can we can get into those right off the bat and maybe we'll find some more. But I'm here to answer all of your Plaid Model S questions. Yeah, I feel like this is a good prep almost for the review because you get to see what a lot of people are interested in. And then yeah. sometimes even diving into a conversation makes you realize something a little more that you now can put into the review. But um, yeah, we asked on Twitter. We also asked on Discord. Um, and we got some pretty good ones from each. So I'm going to start it off which it's kind of going to tie into what we talked about before the break. So we so we really looked at the interior a lot. We kind of picked it apart, um, talked a lot about it. But somebody wants to know, what was your one favorite part about the new interior? Uh, my one favorite part about the new interior is the horizontal screen. I, I really liked the vertical screen before and the way the UI flipped back and forth from top to bottom. Um, and I was curious if I would miss like having that much of the map in vertical, uh-huh. and I'm really glad I like the horizontal screen. I think that's probably my favorite. I'd say that's got to be one of the biggest, maybe not the biggest upgrade, but I think that's the biggest like quality of life change that they did that makes the most sense. I mean, yeah, it matches everything up across their lineup. Obviously, oh, yeah. the software is going to look the same as Model Three and Y, although it is a little bit better. Um, yeah, no, yeah, the horizontal screen is probably the the thing that stuck out to me the most, other than the yoke, and that would be the the biggest positive. Cool. I'm gonna tack on to this too, just because I know my answer for this. Um, what's your favorite part about the exterior that's different? Hmm. I mean, the, the chrome blackout is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's okay. fantastic. That's probably my predictable answer. Um, I do kind of like that it looks a little more aggressive, and obviously it's a bit more sporty of a car. But it's got these huge tires: two eighty fives on the front, which is usually the rear tires on the staggered Model S before, and two ninety fives on the back. Just these massive tires. And the fenders actually flare out a little bit wider to accommodate those bigger tires. I so did the notice car, that. It's actually a wider car. Yeah. Um, and so the uh, the f- the repeaters with the cameras stick out more yeah, to see I around those flares. So mm-hmm. it is a bit of a more stanced car, which is kind of another thing I like about it. Um, but yeah, I think the blackout chrome looks really sure. good every car company should do that they should have done the logos also um i just stick yeah. by that the two uh, last pieces of chrome are the front and the back logos yeah i have to say my i love the new wheels the uh is that like the new arachnid do they call it something different no yeah it's a okay. that's the 21 inch arachnid wheel with the performance tires um it is I different like though them. than the other arachnids isn't it slightly different yeah i think they look better i think yeah. they look way better i like these um also 21 inch we all know potholes are Huge issue, so that should yeah. be fun. You haven't been on 21s in like over a year, right? Three years. Three years since, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, next question. So this is one I really like. This is from Kachka. Probably mispronouncing that. It was on a Discord server actually. And while I know what your answer is, I think it's a really interesting question. They said, okay. if you could sacrifice half the power to double the range, would you? We might, have to, I, we might have to define this a little more, but yeah, it's an yeah, interesting I think question. Mm-hmm. Um, half the power, meaning back to 500 horsepower, and double the range, meaning 690-something 600 600 miles. miles. Because right now you get on the 19-inch wheels, 390 miles. Okay. If you double that, you're looking at 780 miles of range. That's pretty sick. That's crazy. I would take that. Then you did not answer how I thought. Really? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you really think about it, though, let's, if we're doing quick math, I'm sure this isn't perfect, but zero to 60 in what, four seconds, 4.2 seconds, that's still like a base model three, which is still very fast. That's why I wanted to clarify, because I'm sure this is a technicality, but when he says half the power, half the power won't get you half the time, half the power might get you two thirds of the time. That's why I'm like, all right, if you take half a thousand horsepower, the last Model S had about 700 horsepower, 650 horsepower, mm-hmm. something like that. So you're cutting off half the power of the Plaid Model S, which is a thousand horsepower. Now you're at 500. So it'll probably perform like a, yeah, like a performance mm-hmm. Model 3, like 3.4 seconds, 0 to 60. Which is still like, there are a lot of street cars, like sports cars that people put thousands of thousands of dollars of upgrades into just to get to a three or a four like that yeah, so it's like still quick that's very fast and then you get seven seven hundred miles even six hundred miles of range is yeah 
absurd. I, I think that would be the ultimate long range car and that would be super great. And I would take that and I think I would have more fun in something like a roadster later down the down the line. So if I'm imagining an amazing long range Model S, half the power and double the range sounds pretty good to me. I would I would easily pick double the range. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. But I also don't drive an EV every day. So like even that would still be probably five times as fast as, as yeah. my car. So I wonder how long it would take to charge a battery that big uh, with the current. Because right now the current uh, home charger, mm-hmm. right now it's like great to leave every day with a full charge. Uh, but if I get home with like almost empty battery, it'll take all of overnight, like eight full hours to get to full. So if you double the range... I don't know. If That's you, a I don't even know point. if you could charge to full every day. I guess you would still be able to charge to within a day's worth of driving, or a like oh, yeah. average day's worth of driving. But yeah. then again, on supercharging, if we're talking about efficiency of the beginning, you're saying fifty percent of that battery at top speeds would still be three hundred miles. That'd be so awesome. that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Okay. Cool. That seems like the pretty uh, pretty smart thing to do. Sick. Now, if you could take double the performance and half the range. I mean, if it was my, if I had another car, maybe, and like, yeah, we're getting to the point where could that even be street legal? I mean, like, yes, but if you had something that was literally double the power of Plaid right now, I think we would be seeing new laws coming into play. The Rimac Nevera is roughly double the power. Double the power? Yeah. 1900 horsepower. What's it zero to 60? Uh, It's supposed to be 1.85 seconds. And I don't remember what they said the range is going to be. I think it's something reasonable, like 275 miles, but I might have to double check on that because the battery size isn't final. Um, but that's that's like the world record fastest. Yeah, like, like they're s- making like a very small number of them, and it's a, it's a two-door supercar, and it's two million bucks, but it is two million horsepower. Two thousand <laughs> horsepower. <laughs> that's more I'm than talking about, I'm talking about rockets now. No, it's a, it's 2,000 horsepower, which is hilarious. But that's Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, okay. This says, genuine question. Tesla's mission is to mass produce produce evs that regular people use why is everyone obsessed with speed who cares regular people are just getting from point a to b constricted by speed limits often in congested cities why is this such a selling point yeah uh it's fun yeah I it's think, fun unfortunately is the reason or, yeah. um no i i mentioned this sort of at the end when we were in the car but like you know tesla has like a couple main selling points that they're really good at one of them is like they happen to be the safest cars you can buy one of them is that they happen to have like the most tech of any car you can buy mm-hmm. one of them is maybe someday the autopilot will get good enough where you don't really have to drive it that much um but one of them is definitely that they're some of the most fun cars to drive and everybody who gets them knows that and most people i know who get them are very aware of that and love that about them um so you can ask all you want, like, what's the point? You can't really take advantage of it, but it's just fun. Yeah, it's I th- fun. I think, like you said, there are so many other benefits. And yes, speed is one. Speed is one that's just like, it's so easy to pick a number and compare it to another car. It's so much harder to pick one headline grabbing title to, to explain that uh, like autopilot is better in this car than another car. It just doesn't really flow off the tongue. So we're we live in a world where unfortunately headlines are the big thing <laughs> that get all the traction. So mm-hmm. yes, you're seeing that speed seems like the main selling point here, but I would probably almost argue it isn't. I would just argue that it's the most advanced. Tesla is generally the most advanced EV right now. One of the best infrastructures out there. It's just like the total package in the EV world, it's winning. So like that's what's selling it. Speed is the quick and easy headline. I mean, if you talk about trying to show it on video in five seconds you can show how fast a new a model s plaid is where mm-hmm. it would take a 10 minute video to go over all the different like autopilot features of it or, or safety features and that's just not as fun to, here's to one watch. more here's one more here's one more answer to that question uh you may have you might have heard about something called the halo car effect um and it's been sort of explained in a couple different ways but the easiest way to explain it is you want to have a car at the top of your lineup that demonstrates the best of your abilities something mm-hmm. like a flagship So Audi makes a lot of different cars. They make sedans, they make hatchbacks, they make regular cars, and then they make the R8. And the R8, it's a V10, shares the same engine from like a Lamborghini Aventador, and it's an incredible supercar. And they'll trickle down the tech from that and all the headlines from as good as that car is with everything else in their lineup. And this is very common among a lot of other like high-performance sort of car brands. Um... Tesla uniquely is sort of creating a halo car for all of electric cars. 
Mm-hmm. So you've heard Elon sort of talk about like, we want driving the electric car to be the obvious choice. And there's a group of people who pick their car based on how fun it is to drive. There's a group of people who base their car purchase on like how fast it can be and all these types of things. And when you have an electric car that does that better than gas cars, that's just one more reason to advance overall people being okay with electric cars. So it's a halo car type of feature for electric cars in general, yeah. but of course for Teslas when you have fast Teslas, people now understand that Teslas and electric cars can be high performance cars too. Yeah, and I think that like it might not sound that important. Yes, the everyday person is talking about, you know, just getting from point A to B with a speed limit, but if you think back to pre-Tesla when we're talking about like early hybrids, the the main criticism of them was is like this is this dinky little car that can barely make it down the or like it can make it down the road, but there's still plenty of people who are making fun of it for not having any pickup or not having any acceleration and and Tesla with EVs changed that. And now mm-hmm. it's much harder for people to use that argument as a gas car enthusiast to say that the performance aspect of it is not up to snuff. If anything, it's better now. So it's, yeah. it's completely eliminated that argument out yeah. of there, and it's given EVs a place in our market. Yeah. And that's great. And there's people who take their car to the drag strip on weekends for fun. Like, yeah. you couldn't do that with an electric car for a long time. So now you can. Well, so here's a here's a question. Right now, you're we're kind of seeing, like, the Model S Plaid is... The Model S is, is definitely their higher-tier car, but is still shaped and kind of... For an everyday family, it has a hatchback. It's got plenty of room. Like, yeah. it's not your average sports car. Yeah. When Roadster comes out, do you think they start caring a little less about Model S and its its overall speeds? Like, Plaid is pushing a number we haven't seen before. But when Roadster is doing that, I can't see Plaid pushing any further. Yeah, I fully agree. So, Plaid, just in Tesla's nomenclature, is really just referring to the powertrain, the triple yeah, yeah, motor yeah. powertrain. I should have said Model S. That's my right. Idea. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think when Roadster comes out, that's where they focus on performance. You notice Plaid Plus was canceled. Like they had plans for a slightly faster, slightly higher powered Model S. And mm-hmm. I think realized, you know, at some point during that process, not only would they not be able to make it in time, but like it's not really a priority. Yeah. Um, and yes, I do think Roadster takes over the halo car effect from Plaid Model S when it comes out. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's true. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I have one here. I'm going to ask the question, but I am also going to answer it because I think we've discussed a couple of times that I'm the most well-versed on this part. Okay. Um, it is, uh, why is it called Plaid? That's a dumb name and doesn't even sound right. <laughs> um, okay. So. I think you guys have, Adam, you've seen the clip of what it's from. You've not seen the movie. That Neither of you have seen the whole movie. I have not seen Spaceballs. I think I've seen the clip. Or okay, at least they've the clip. clipped okay. it in the events. Okay, yeah, yeah. So for anyone watching, I feel like if you're around 20 or younger, you might not get. This is a reference from a movie, by the it's way. A movie that, and Elon, it's like the perfect movie that I assume Elon watches. It's a very trolley. It is, it is a movie that is a parody to Star Wars. Um, that's the easiest way to describe it. It's called Spaceballs. Um, it is was very popular a long time ago. I'd say even my my age is probably some of the last people who saw it because I think I was even a little young to probably watch. It definitely has some adult um, scenarios in it. But essentially, if you're f- familiar with Star Wars, there's light speed. And every time they go in light speed, the if you look at the, out the front of the spaceship, a bunch of lights come at you because you're going so fast that the lights, I guess, not... Yeah. I don't know what the physics like behind Star speed. Wars uniform is. Yeah, warp yeah. speed, something like that. So in Spaceballs, there's a point where they're being chased and they have to go to light speed. The ship that's chasing them goes into light speed. So in order to catch up the, the ship that is chasing them, to catch up to the ship that they're going after, they want to go faster. So they turn it into what they call, and remember this is a parody movie, not everything is very serious. They call it plaid. So when they put it into plaid, the spaceship in front, instead of the stars coming past them and stretching out and being this light, it is literally a plaid shoot that just kind of goes past them and all the colors turn into plaid. So it's just an, essentially another level of speed. Hence, Model S plaid is hitting these new speeds. Elon likes to mess around. And that's, yeah. that's what the badge on you the back of your car faster. is. And now, yeah, now yeah. that's what you see when you hit the pedal. So it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure it sounds really dumb if you don't understand the reference, but I would... Spaceballs is a great movie. Highly suggest watching it or it's funny the clip because, at least. Yeah. It's funny because when I was uh, initially describing the car to people, I said, oh, this is the Plaid Model S. Universally, they were like, why did you get a Plaid car? <laughs> like they thought the color of the sick. car was Plaid. Someone needs to so, wrap it. 
Someone needs to take the uh, sacrifice. I uh, need some sort of rep somewhere on it to do that. That would be amazing. Plaid, plaid. The, Somebody make it happen. Plaid, plaid, plaid squared. Oh, man. That would be great and awful at the same time. Okay, I have one. Okay. Do you think it should have looked more aggressive with the n- new wing side skirts and fenders? Uh, I know it doesn't need them, but it looks very similar to a normal Model S. Yeah, I think so. One of the things I was mentioning is like there, there's a lot of small changes that add up to a big change. Yeah, and the more you look at the car, the more little things they change. The front splitter, the mm-hmm. lip is bigger. The front headlights are a little more aerodynamic, and there's a slot on the side for cooling your brakes. Uh, the rear diffuser is just a little bit bigger. Uh, the stance is just a little wider. The fender is a little wider. Like, and when you combine all those things, you're like, oh, yeah, it looks like an old Model S, but it does look a little bit different. But there were, I mean, people saw the the prototypes being tested with, like, a huge fixed wing and, like, a, a body kit, basically. And yeah. they're like, why didn't it look like that, like a race car? Uh, it's because this isn't a race car. It's a four-door thing. sedan that happens to be faster than all the other cars. I think Roadster, if you're after that, if you're after that, you will be able to get an electric car that looks like a race car. It's just not Model S. So, yes, yeah. they've they've haloed the the drivetrain pretty hard in this car, but it, they didn't make it look... It kind of looks like a sleeper. If you don't know it's coming, it looks like any other Tesla. Um, I think if you're after a race car look, you probably shouldn't be buying a four-door sedan. Yeah, and not every car company and even not every performance car company has done that all the time. I mean, if you look at Porsche, you could pull up an a 90 like a Porsche from the 90s and a Porsche from today and they look very similar I know headlight mostly the headlights have changed but even the shape of them is very similar I yeah mean, they've got a DNA yeah and that. that and people love that about them so it's like that's not always a pro would I have liked to seen a couple of cool th- I think a, I think a Model S with like way more aggressive like skirts and a front uh front fender would be sick and I'm sure yeah. people will do that with aftermarket parts but um in order to, as you're selling it as, because it's the same thing. We're always looking at speed. We're, I think this is the problem with it having such a good speed is we're always comparing it to sports cars. This yeah. is more compared to a luxury sedan, a luxury, um, what do they call hatch? I mean, hatchback, what do they call it in the UK? Don't they call them saloon cars? Super saloon. Saloon, yeah. <laughs> like this is a saloon car, which yeah. a lot of times you could argue is more of a family car than a, a sports car. So Yeah. If you want a crazy body kit, have you seen the the Pikes Peak version of Model S Plaid? No. So uh, there's a Pikes Peak like race up a mountain every year. Oh, and, oh maybe I did. Uh, yeah. Randy, I forgot how to say his last name. Uh, was a driver for it, and they they modded one with a huge body kit and aero kit and fixed wing. If you want a crazy looking Model S, just look up that one. Okay. That one looks hilarious. So you have to do an aftermarket, pretty much. Yeah, it looks plaid. It's literally plaid. Um, I got a question here. Somebody asked. Um, How's the UI compared to Model 3 and Y versus last gen? I've seen other videos. What's your take? It's supposed to come to the entire lineup in two weeks, according to Elon. Well, wouldn't count on the timing, but I do really like the UI. It's very smooth. The swipe in from the side with all the controls is new for me. I got to get used to that because I'm used to the previous vertical screen version mm-hmm. of it, but I really like it. I, it's clean. It's mostly black and white, nothing too distracting. The dock at the bottom is modular and stays in place exactly where you want it, so that's sweet. The one thing it doesn't have, and this is so specific, but that I want is granular fan control. So right now I have to go into the air conditioning and slide a touchscreen slider from like five to eight and then back to seven and then just give me that on the wheel. I can't figure out uh, why they didn't add that back. Having to go into something like that for air conditioning controls would probably make me... uh, pretty annoyed after a while but yeah. i do have to say the you mentioned this i think in the first half of the podcast but the drive select in the side of the screen i do agree it could push out a little further um and the thing that i think is the dumbest reason why it doesn't is because as it pushes that whole menu to the right you still have half the screen of basically nothing it's just like the faded out background so it seems like there's no reason to not push that out give you a little more of a target to hit yeah and uh yeah. But other than that, I mean, I th- again, I think the horizontal screen looks fantastic in the car and the UI looks way better yeah. from someone who doesn't actually drive the car. I uh, got another question about the tech that I think is interesting. How in God's name are those motors able to withstand that much heat generation? I don't think we can do the 0 to 100 in 1.9 seconds more than, say, I think he's talking about kilometers. Kilometers, I more think, More than, yeah. say, two times. It's just physically impossible. And that is actually kind of the biggest technical improvement 
with this car versus the last Model S. Um, so if you look at the headlines of Model S versus Taycan, mm -hmm. uh, the Model S technically had a quicker zero to 60, like 2.3 versus 2.4. And a lot of people who raced the two cars uh, would have the Model S win uh, because they'd have full state of charge with one versus full state of charge with the other, and it'd be that much quicker. But the advantage of the Taycan was an incredible cooling system and much better tech that had it ready to do that same launch time over and yeah, over and over again. That. And so I saw a really interesting graph. I'm pretty sure this was a Motor Trend article where they were comparing the two, where they saw like the initial zero to 60s and you'd had Model S right below. Mm -hmm. And then you'd had a second run and Model S was about the same time. And then a third run and it was way slower. Huh. A fourth run, way slower. Fifth run, slower, slower, slower. And Taycan only got a little bit slower throughout its run. Uh -huh. And so that was something that people had always sort of gloss over, but if you really looked into performance cars, like this was like, well, this is something Tesla has to fix. And so that's what they've done is they've got these carbon sleeved rotors. They've got what Elon describes as the most advanced motors in the world. And of course, better heat pumps, better overall cooling of the car. And they're able to keep the battery temperature much more in line with what they want. And now it's almost a robotic performance uh, of literally, I think Brooks did multiple I think he did seven quarter miles in okay. a row, all from launch, and got all like 9.25, 9.27, 9.26, 9.29, nice. over and over, same robotic times. So that is kind of the most impressive technical achievement of this new powertrain is how consistent it is overall able to deliver the same performance. Um, and a lot of people view that as like an answer to the Taycan. And, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example that we need more competition because it's making everyone better. I mean, exactly. you, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, someone said, okay, this is an interesting one. Maybe one of our last questions. Do you feel luxurious in a Porsche Taycan? Or sorry, do you feel luxurious like in a Porsche Taycan when you sit in a Tesla? Because the features and specs are obviously better than in a Taycan. Um, I still think the Taycan has a better interior. But the fit and finish and overall quality of Tesla's interior is better. It's just that it's better in that minimalist way. They're, like if you were comparing it to the Taycan still, mm -hmm. the Taycan is very different in the types of materials that they use, in the amount of buttons and switches and the layout, and it's just very different. And if that's the type of traditional luxury you're after, this new Model S doesn't really approach that or get any closer to that. Mm -hmm. But in Tesla land of minimal, several materials, carbon fiber this, metal here, plastic here, it has leveled up all of it. All of this all of the leather's softer, all of the seats are better, all of the features, the perforated, you know, seats are nicer, all of the carpets are softer, all of the magnets of all the latches are all better. Everything is much better stuck in place and there are no gaps. And I think that's probably what they were going for. They're not trying to turn yeah. it into a traditional it's luxury car. It's too hard to compare those two, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, to you know, that's an interesting question from the perspective of like the word luxury and the way it gets used, and yeah. it's fascinating to me. But yeah, I think this is the best finish they've ever had in any. So car. I kind of took that question as like, imagine. It, well, I think you're right in how you took it. When I first heard them ask that question, my initial thought was like, in terms of luxury, like, do I feel like I am luxury as in like other people are? Is it a head turner essentially? Like, and I would argue. I think I might argue if you are driving the Taycan around right now because less of them are the road, it is probably the more head-turning car when you're passing others and passing people on the street. Mm -hmm. um, whether that is your definition of luxury, as in, aka, I enjoy when other people look at me and are jealous of what I am driving, then then maybe the Taycan takes it in that. But again, I think so much of the interior and everything is prefer preferential. Yeah, they're pretty. They're both pretty low key. I feel like the Taycan looks just like a Panamera and like a 911, and there's other Porsches that look like it. I think though, people are so used to what Porsches look like that this looks a little different. So it's, it's like something's different about that, and I'm going to stare at it to try and figure the out Taycan? what's different. The Taycan, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. We've I've pronounced everything differently four times in this episode. <laughs> but um, I, I think yeah. there's so many Model S's out there now. It's it's like yeah. Oh, that could be a, an old 75D or, oh my goodness, that's the Plaid. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah. All right, our last question here is from Josh Martin, and he asked, does it send, though? Yes. It does. It, it does. absolutely we, does. I, we actually have a fun little clip that we're going to uh, play for our outro here, and I think uh, for video or audio listeners, you will definitely be able to tell what's going on. Oh, yeah, the picture. Yeah. Um, 
So you guys don't really get to see this on the podcast, but every time we do the end credits, I completely stumble over what we're going to say. So I'm going to tell Marquez, I'm going to start saying the end of it, and Marquez is going to punch it while I'm saying it, and we're going to see what happens. Go for it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Waveform Podcast is produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Studio 71, and our intro outro music is created by Fame Cell. Jesus. Okay. I did it. Oh, my God. One take. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.